This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. For all those men listening in, I have a special announcement that will give your balls goosebumps. So I don't know about you, but I get pretty sick and tired of changing my razors and trimmers to groom my body hair and my balls. So I wanted to introduce you to the new and improved Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer. Now, I know many guys listening into this podcast have probably seen me topless on social media and they'll know that I'm quite a hairy dude, whether that be due to my genetics being half Italian, half Lebanese, or because I maxed out my testosterone to 988 nanograms per deciliter. I don't really know, but the fact is that I have a lot of body hair and it's always been a struggle for me. So the Manscaped 3.0 features a cutting edge ceramic blade, which actually reduces the grooming accidents and has a pretty long battery life as well, lasting up to 90 minutes. It also features like a unique LED light as well so that you don't ever like miss a patch of hair. So I'm a huge fan of the Manscaped 3.0. So I have a special discount code that you guys can use. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off plus free shipping by using my code LUCAS10. That's L-U-C-A-S-10. Go to manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping by using my discount code LUCAS10. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. 
Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Boost Your Biology podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, and today we are going to be exploring something very specific and also something very near and dear to my heart, and that is PSSD, otherwise known as post-SSRI sexual dysfunction which is essentially a condition that a lot of people are currently struggling with or will struggle with in the future if they've either used antidepressants or they're currently using them or they've used compounds that are similar to antidepressants such as specific herbs, specific nootropics and other compounds. So before I begin, I really want to emphasize that I'm not a medical doctor. I am simply just sharing my research as a naturopathic physician into PSSD and what I've found and what I've seen uh, in the literature, in various forums, online, and also from my own personal struggles because this condition has significantly affected my quality of life and every day that I see another guy or another person being affected by PSSD, it makes me really frustrated and really fired up to want to figure this out. And by all means, we are nowhere near the, we've we've not reached a point yet in, in the scientific community where we can say for sure that we have a final cure to PSSD because in every condition there is unique differences and obviously the specific molecular targets will vary from individual to individual. So before we like really get stuck into this episode, I really want to break down like what is PSSD? So PSSD is simply a condition that people experience or a cluster of symptoms that people experience following the usage of an antidepressant or even similar compounds. So they don't, they don't have to be antidepressants per se, but there can be specific compounds such as L-theanine, such as rhodiola, such as ashwagandha, such as ginger, which I'll touch on later on, um, which also induce a lot of the similar symptoms to what people who take SSRIs experience. And I want to break down the symptoms of PSSD. So... It varies from individuals, but the most prominent symptom is characterized by some degree of sexual dysfunction. So whether that be difficulty reaching orgasm, 
um, blunted pleasure, blunted rewards from sexual stimuli, um, delayed ejaculation, um, reduced lubrication for women, even uh, erectile dysfunction for some men, and even, you know, for some guys, unfortunately, premature ejaculation as well. So there's a cluster of symptoms and again, it's going to diff, it's going to differ per individual. So what I might do is actually describe some of the other, some of the other troubling symptoms that also seem to be correlated with PSSD. And these will be very unusual and quite a surprise to some guys, but even the actual, your body odor changes. The smell of your um, genitals actually changes. Even the color of some some guys' genitals, that changes. They get uh, a, like a, a diminished blood flow look where even like in some cases, there's penile shrinkage and even atrophy of the testicles, which is obviously extremely troubling and frustrating for a lot of guys. So it's obviously something that I think a lot of guys are really desperate to get to the bottom of. And whilst there are many sort of probes and protocols and sort of experiments that they can undertake, a lot of those probes and experiments and things and interventions, things like that, what they induce is they induce something known as a window. A window is basically a period of time where all of the symptoms or some of the symptoms actually get better. So for example, in my situation with a compound known as ciproheptadine, this specific drug when I use it acutely, if I dose one milligram on a Sunday night, by Thursday morning, I will begin to experience a rebound effect where all of the symptoms that I complain of, which are blunted reward and blunted pleasure and reduced sort of, um, as in like it corrects the delayed ejaculation, it corrects the heightened arousal that's that was lost so that for me is a compound that seems to induce what's known as a window and there are other compounds that i've used that have also induced what's known as a window such as acetyl l-carnitine which seems to act on that 5-hd1a receptor which is similar to ciproheptadine um yohimbine has induced a period of recovery as well for me and, and many other guys that I've worked with. Uh, licorice root has also been beneficial as well, but that takes like three to four days to really notice an effect. <clears throat> um, but I actually want to sort of deviate and talk about some of the other compounds that are, I guess, similar to antidepressants in a way. So the first one is obviously ashwagandha. Now, the reason why I'm here today and the reason why I'm talking to you about this entire uh, situation, this 
this real troubling condition is because all of my symptoms, all of them started from ashwagandha. In fact, I remember the very day that I took ashwagandha and I was in the lounge room with my my brother and my dad and about 45 minutes after I had this particular ashwagandha, I experienced just sort of like this wave of tranquility and sort of like this really strong sense of like euphoria. And I was like, what is going on? I wasn't scared. I was just like, this is clearly having a very strong effect on some aspect of my brain function. Um, And then I remember that following night when I went to masturbate, I noticed that the sensation was not even there. There was literally nothing there. I'm like, I was like, what is happening? Like I've never experienced this in my life. And I woke up the next morning. I'm like, oh, it'll all be fixed. It'll be fine. Next day, the exact same effect. I was like, my my actual penis is, it felt different. And I'm like, this is quite shocking. And I was horrified. I was like, what's what's happened? And those sort of symptoms, they, they never really left. And here I am talking to you four years later, still with a degree of dysfunction. And I mean, I've obviously I've improved significantly and I've been able to highlight areas that have supported me and things that have helped me, but there is still some degree of, of dysfunction that sort of lingers and it's definitely frustrating. So, and I know many of you guys listening in will also be able to relate. So what I want to do is really explore some of the links. I just want to have a discussion about PSSD and I want to talk about more about this condition and more about some of the links. So for example, with adrenal fatigue, a lot of the symptoms that are similar to adrenal fatigue match up with those that struggle with PSSD. And that is because the glucocorticoid pathway has an intricate link with the 5-HT2A serotonin receptor and also the 5-HT1A receptor as well. So there's definitely a link between, and there's theories. I want to talk about some of these theories because there's a lot of crossover between PSSD, post-finasteride syndrome, which is that terrible hair loss medication that kills men, unfortunately. It's, 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 it's a drug that should not be on the market, in my opinion. Um, and even saw palmetto. I know a lot of guys have used saw palmetto for prostate health, but a lot of the symptoms that tie in with PSSD can be linked to usage of saw palmetto because saw palmetto will be interacting with a lot of the similar receptors. And I mean, we know it's a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor, which so it inhibits DHT, but there would be other links there. We don't, we just don't know. So I want to just explore, I want to talk about some of the theories and mechanisms. So we'll start with the leading theory, which is the 5-HT1A desensitization theory, which is extremely complex. And I'm not going to try and flesh it out and explain it in layman's terms because not even I can do that. But 
essentially one of the leading theories is that in PSSD, there is a subsequent desensitization of the 5-HT1A autoreceptors in the RAF nuclei part of the brain, which is responsible for... Now, when we look at 5-HT1A, the reason why it, it plays such a crucial role in PSSD is because it, the 5-HT1A receptor mediates oxytocin release. The 5-HT1A receptor also mediates cortisol release. So we've got two critical hormones that, that definitely play a role in pleasure, reward, and satisfaction, libido, orgasm, things like that. So we know that, for example, with ashwagandha, in my case, this 5-HT1A receptor has been desensitized, which is very similar to SSRI medications. So we know that ashwagandha repartitions the serotonin receptor away from the 1A, which we need that 1A stimulation. We need some sort of agonist or binding of that 1A receptor to trigger the oxytocin release, the dopamine release in the prefrontal cortex and other areas of the brain. So we can sort of see how this this leading theory of the 5-HT1A receptor being sort of desensitized or uh, dysfunctional in some regard and that any sort of 5-HT1A agonist such as Alcar, such as ginger or even zinc as well, which is a presynaptic agonist, these compounds are known to interact with this receptor. And in my case, for example, with ginger, ginger is a partial agonist at the 1A receptor and something like ginger will crush me for a whole week. And I know it sounds ridiculous how we have to be so orthorexic and freaking paranoid about watching out for compounds that can have a negative effect, but it's true. Like, unfortunately, with... PSSD and um, this sort of condition is that we are fragile and we are very sensitive. So things that bump up methylation such as methylfolate or folic acid or SAMe or trimethylglycine or all these other compounds which I've experimented with and tried and researched, unfortunately, these all will end up somehow modulating how we feel so we have to be careful we have to be careful even with the sort of foods we eat for example spinach and potato starch these are two things that i cannot consume because they will crash my system now whether or not that's an immune mediated effect so either i've got a food allergy or or it's affecting gut serotonin release which is then signaling to the brain to create serotonin I mean, there's one experiment I'd be curious to see people try out. And by the time I even talk about this right now, like before this is even live, I'm sure there'll be a post on my Instagram. If you haven't already checked out my Instagram, ergogenic underscore health, definitely encourage you to do so. I post a lot of useful content there. But going back to potato starch, for example, this is going to be crazy, but... There's a few guys online and I'm starting to meet more and more where we all agree that potato starch is the biggest libido killer and makes us feel like absolute crap. And I learned this the hard way. I learned this when I was using a probiotic that actually had 
potato starch as a carrier, like a, a decent amount of potato starch as a carrier for all of these probiotics. And I remember feeling horrendous, really, really crappy when I consumed that. And so potato starch, I'm still investigating into why and how it induces that effect, but it seems to be that potato starch is acting as a histone deacetylase inhibitor, so HDAC inhibitor because of the interaction with butyrate, but also it mediating serotonin signaling in the gut. So the thing is, when we're looking at all of these uh, probes and all of these experiments, the best thing that we can do really is like jot down and write down the theories. Like get it, we've got, I mean, I've got an Excel sheet where I write down and I track and I try and figure out, right, so this is one intervention. What is it doing to this receptor? What is it doing to... So the 5-HC2C receptor, like trying to understand the wide spectrum effects is, is crucial to our understanding of PSSD. So I want to talk a little bit about another, another few th- theories of PSSD. The next one is epigenetic gene silencing. So this is most closely related to fluoxetine and other nasty SSRIs, they seem to induce a state of like epi... So it's working at an epigenetic level to silence particular genes that are responsible for dopamine release and even serotonin functioning. So that's a really really complex um, area to delve into. Um, And I'll leave that up to the epigenetic specialists out there because I'm definitely not an expert in that field. There's also a glutamate serotonin relationship in PSSD and that is an area that I think could play a crucial role because we know that the glutamatergic system is closely involved in neuroplasticity and the process of long-term potentiation and even long-term depression. So we know that it can have, you know, a pathological neurochemical mechanism that can remodel and recircuit parts of the brain that are related to reward and addiction. So there's a clear association there. uh, And this sort of explains how serotonin can modulate the glutamatergic system uh, and, and why some people get these windows of recovery when they use compounds that are actually serotonergic, such as SSRI reinstatement. The other thing is that glucocorticoids such as cortisol have actually been shown to rapidly induce or release glutamate in the hippocampus and prefrontal cortex. So there's a clear link between cortisol and glutamatergic activity. And we know that glutamate is the predominant excitatory neurotransmitter. And part of the issue with most PSSD sufferers is that they actually have too much GABA and insufficient glutamate. So a lot of them are actually GABA dominant and that's why they feel blunted and and suppressed and and difficulty experiencing that excitatory thrill that we we once had, you know, that we we used to have that when we were 12 or, you know, 15 years old when you're a young, young teenager, you had 
the thrill factor was there. You wake up and there's that, that excitatory buzz, that vibrational buzz, that thrill. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you're nervous, you're nervous, but you're excited about the day. That, that's really, that's a normal part of being human. And when you've been hammered and suppressed by SSRIs, it takes away from your ability to experience the full depth of emotions, which is crucial to being what I consider a normal human being. A normal human being should be able to experience all aspects of emotion, not just feeling happy and excited all the time, but even feeling sad, like the ability to cry. Isn't it ridiculous how now we've got people who can't even cry? That to me is like, it's concerning. It's really concerning to see that people, there's people out there that struggle to actually cry. Now that is just, it's, it's, it's sad. I know it's ironic. It's sad, but it's, it's, I think it's extremely concerning and it needs to be uh, resolved. And that is why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a quest. I'm on a quest. I'm on a mission. I'm on the hunt to find compounds, to find solutions, to find treatments, to find ways of resolving, resolving this condition because more and more people are unfortunately jumping on these antidepressants. And so I feel like it's part of my role to have the tools and techniques and figure out what's going on. If it's by myself, it's by myself. If it's with a team of other doctors and other scientists, I'm happy to jump on board, but I want to, I really just want to be a voice for this condition because I feel extremely passionate about it because it's significantly affected the quality of my life. And not to say that I don't have motivation. I'm still someone who wakes up with motivation every single day. I think that my general, I've spent so long optimizing dopamine and, you know, trying to biohack my testosterone, which I did. And for those guys listening in, I did manage to get my testosterone to 988 nanograms per deciliter. And I have conducted a course to explain how I did that. So definitely check that out at ergogenic.health. There's some extremely good, even free content there. So definitely check that out. And even I've got a sleep masterclass as well that you should join and check out because it's it's full of golden nuggets and I, and you can probably tell that I'm someone who doesn't skim the surface. I go very deep on biology and understanding the brain and how we can hack performance and things like that. So definitely check them out. And my job really is to just constantly push content that is beneficial, that will benefit, like that will change lives. That's really what my, what my mission is and what my purpose is. Um, and I've said that before many times. I'm sure those listening already know what my mission is. Okay, moving on. I want to discuss some of the other theories that I've written down. So different aspects of the sort of the pathophysiology related to PSSD. So the first one is the impact of cytochrome. So like um, specific CYP um, enzymes, which I think uh, play a crucial role. For example, we know that Nigella sativa is a CY, CYP2D6 
uh, inhibitor. And, uh, and this, this enzyme is actually catalyzes a lot of the tyramines and even some of the other neurochemicals that appear to potentially play a role in PSSD. So that's the cytochrome action. We've got dopamine and serotonin interactions. That's probably like the most well-known. Uh, we've got epigenetic gene expression changes. So that's altering of the mRNA expression of certain neurotransmitters and hormones and things like that. We've got the, uh, the proprio melanocortin system and the melanocortin effects. So you can look up alpha MSH, which is alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone, which is produced by the sun. When the body you know, is exposed to sunlight, it generates this MSH and MSH is actually stimulating to sex, sexual libido and sex drive. So I want to discuss something that I spoke about in my testosterone course that I developed, um, and that is in relation to erections and ejaculation. So what we know is that stimulation of the 5-HT2C receptors, that actually increases erections, but it actually inhibits ejaculation. So if we stimulate this receptor in mice, we know that it increases the number of erections, but it actually delays ejaculation. So that would be configuring the arousal aspect of sexual libido. Next up, we have the stimulation of the 5-HT1A, so the 1A receptors. These actually have the opposite effects. If you stimulate these 1A receptors, it actually facilitates ejaculation and in some cases actually inhibits erections. So... If we're stimulating the 1A receptor, we're going to be increasing the arousal and the sensation, but that's going to lead to a quicker ejaculation. So that's not good for guys that struggle with premature ejaculation, whereas inhibition of this 5-HD1A receptor may actually help with delaying ejaculation. So that's probably how ciproheptidine acutely could help uh, some people. However, there's some theories that suggest that postsynaptic 1A activation may actually cause sexual dysfunction and that stimulation of other 5-HT2 receptors uh, are known to interact or cause sort of sexual dysfunction. So I briefly spoke about ginger, how ginger is something that people should be avoiding um, from a if they've got some degree of serotonin dysfunction because we know it acts as a partial agonist at the 1A receptor. But another compound that a lot of people use is berberine. And berberine has been shown to interact with this 1A receptor. And so it can significantly affect uh, how somebody feels and may even mimic some of the effects of ashwagandha as well. Another compound that may worsen symptoms for some guys is actually ginseng. Now, ginseng may act as a mild SNRI, which is a serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. I posted a study a while back on Reddit, on the Reddit um, Nootropics forum. My username is LOXO55 for those listening in. You can even just Google L-O-K-Z-O, number 55, LOXO55. And some other probes that have been used, which 
I'm happy to link in the bio just in terms of like effectiveness and have actually helped or facilitated recovery um, that I've personally used. Um, so the first one is bromantane. Now, bromantane is a synthetic adaptogen. It's what's known as an actoprotector and is actually banned by WADA because it's so effective at increasing physical performance. I'll be linking to that in the link like down below in the bio. And the next one is 9MBC. So 9MBC is a research chemical. It's uh, essentially, it basically it facilitates dopaminergic recovery. Uh, it has regenerative, restorative, and um, it's just generally very effective at re- restoring dopaminergic uh, damage from very strong stimulants or things that have um, damaged the brain. So I'll be linking to 9MBC and Bromantane in down below so you can check that out. I'll, I've got a lot of research on them. You can check that out as well. And then the other one is uh, Hypericum. So St. John's Wort. And it's specifically one that is high in the Hypericin, not Hyperforin. So you'll see that a lot of companies are standardizing it to contain a certain amount of the uh, hyperforin, but that's not the compound that we need to be focusing in on. In fact, it's the hypericin because it's the hypericin that upregulates the 1A receptor and also the 2A receptor. So that's just something to keep a look at. And for me, I've got a whole link again, I'll link to the entire thread that I created on Hypericum, St. John's Wort. If you search St. John's Wort anhedonia, anhedonia gone emotions online on Google, it'll my thread will come up. I've posted in a few um, forums and things like that to help, to help because that is what I'm here for. I'm, I'm, I just want to, I want to help guys. I really want to give them tools and help them with their recovery because I know how hard it is. I know how frustrating it is and. I mean, I'm able to get myself into windows, but I'm also still like things still resort me back into that numb state. And unfortunately, it's something that I've dealt with. It's affected my dating life. It's affected my, um, just it's made me feel stressed. And I know how frustrating it can be. And I, I really hope that the struggle from this condition will help to propel me and figure out a way to figure this out and whether that's through an integration of specific nootropics, whether I discover something down the line, you know, whether I experiment with a particular experimental compound or whatever it is, like I I do still always have hope and I I just want to see people collaborate and I want to provide insights and my own findings and just contribute to this entire condition because it's it's sad it's really really sad to see guys struggling enough I've, I've worked with clients one on one and I've helped them out with these things but that's not what I'm I mean I'm happy to and I want and I part of me feels bad for also suffering you know it's like well how can you help someone if you're suffering but at the same time, I'm like, but I've been able to resolve. I've been able to help other guys with other, you know, their condition's not the same as mine. Mine was oriented from 
ashwagandha, you know, and I can say for sure that I've been able to induce windows and powerful recovery states, but nothing is permanent, unfortunately, so far. And this might, this may change down the line, you know, maybe next year, two years from now, three years from now, I might come across something that that's an absolute game changer. And I just find something that works and sticks. So Unfortunately, for now, all we can do is hypothesize and just accumulate theories and experiments and anecdotes and basically just keep on figuring it out because it's something that is plaguing millions. And there's even people out there that they may think that they have low libido or they may think, oh, my sex drive is not as good as it was when I was 18. But really they've actually like messed their brain up through some sort of herb or they've taken rhodiola for three months or shizandra or some other herb that's induced a dis or ginkgo biloba as well. They've taken something that's um, mimicked the effects of SSRIs on that serotonin receptor or they've caused some degree of dysfunction somewhere else in the brain and now they're figuring out, now they're trying to figure out, well, what do I do? Well, a lot of the protocols will be similar to what we do with PSSD. So that pretty much wraps up today's episode. I wanted to make it um, specific to PSSD and help to shed more light and just be a voice on this subject matter because it's there's no one in Australia talking about this properly. And I want to be, I really want to put it forward. I want to be the man talking about it. I want to be pioneering it and I want to share what I find. So, um, Thanks for listening in. Uh, if you liked this video or podcast, please leave a review. Please share it in communities. Definitely check out my uh, webinars that I've got on my website. You can check that out at ergogenic.health, E-R-G-O-G-E-N-I-C.health. Or you can just search my name on Google, which is Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, and my surname is Owen, A-O-U-N. And you can find plenty of my resources. I've got an awesome newsletter that I share, even more golden content, which I'll link to. Um, So yeah, thanks for listening in. And I will definitely be doing a follow-up episode once I understand this a bit more. So again, thank you everyone. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 